live from the Fremont Theater in Portland, Oregon, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. May the narrative be with you. Hueytown, Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> That's where my parents moved me when I was 15. Yeah. And as whatever Hueytown, Alabama evokes for you, I, I'm here to tell you it was a little bit worse, okay? <laughs> yeah. It was a flat, desolate, conservative place, kind of a company town without the company, you know, that sort of thing. Um, lots and lots of churches and baseball fields and not much else. Uh, no bookstores, no uh, cafes, no movie theaters. Even the library was this grim little building that I only went in one time. Um, and I think those years, those two years in Hueytown would have been pretty grim, except that when I went to the high school, they had this course called European Studies. Yeah, go figure, I don't know. Anyway, it, where you got to study the history and the politics and the art of Western Europe, and it culminated in a two-week trip to Italy and France. Okay, so my parents didn't have much money. My, my stepfather was a bricklayer, my mom didn't work, but between my grandparents and my real dad and a couple of aunts, we managed to scrape together the money so that I could take the course and go on the trip. So there we are the first day. There's 12 of us sitting around the table with Mr. Myatt. He's the teacher. And Mr. Myatt is this tall, dark, handsome man. He has wild black hair and these big, black, soulful eyes. And he's just brilliant. He's not like anyone I've ever met, certainly not in Hueytown. And, and he assigns these books to us. I mean, we're reading everything. We're reading Kierkegaard, we're reading Nietzsche, we're reading the Russian novelist, we're reading Camus, and it's just, my world is exploding, you know? And, and Mr. Myatt is an existentialist. He has existential angst, <laughs> which is so great when you're 15, right? It's so great. And, and he doesn't believe that life has any meaning, and he just, he badgers us. He says, how, how can you be happy? How can you enjoy pep rallies and football games and hanging out at the 7-Eleven? And, and I, I understand after a while that he's not really criticizing us. It's really that Mr. Myatt would like to be happy, and he, he just can't understand it, right? He's also an atheist. This is big in Hueytown. Um, and I'm, I'm not ready to go out on that atheist limb. That's a little too far out. But, but I think I could do agnostic. That seems okay. That seems to just say I don't know one way or the other, and that's pretty true. So I, I proclaim that I'm an agnostic. And so the year goes on, and through this course, I just fall in love with Western literature, and I fall in love with the music and the architecture, and I fall in love with Mr. Maya. That's how it goes, right? In that 15-year-old way, and I'm, I'm certain that at some point, Mr. Myatt is going to see me for who I really am, <laughs> and she's going to know it's me, right? That we are destined to be together. Yeah. It's written in the stars. So before we know it, it's spring break, and we're off to Italy. And we are the 12 typical teenagers in Italy. Like, we go to Rome, and we climb all over the, the stones in the Parthenon, and we go up to the headless statues, and we pose behind them, you know, we do that. 
And then we go to Florence and we, you know, giggle at all the naked art, especially the David, you know, it's pretty hot. Um, and we eat a bunch of pasta and a bunch of ice cream and it's a really great week. We learn a lot too, of course, like it's a, it's a class. <laughs> and then we go to Paris. And I mean, this is it, right? I'm in Paris with the man I love. Like, it doesn't get any better, especially for a girl from Hueytown, right? This is awesome. It's awesome. And the week goes by. We go to museums and all this. It's kind of a blur to me, to be perfectly honest, until finally it's the last day. It's the last morning. And we can do whatever we want. We can go shopping. We can go to the cafes, the museums. And Mr. Myatt says he's going to take some students to Notre Dame Cathedral because he's been telling us all year that if he was ever to believe in God, it would be in Notre Dame Cathedral. That's how special the place is. <laughs> so that's where I want to go. And somehow no one else wants to go. So it's just Mr. Myatt and myself heading out through the Paris rain. Of course, it's raining. It's always raining in Paris in the spring. When we get to Notre Dame, it's got these big, you know, it's a huge stone building with these fortress-like turrets and these oval doors and those gargoyles that are looming over everything. And we go inside, and I can still, it smelled. I can still remember how it smelled, this kind of old stone smell and this wet wool. It was the, it was the Friday before Easter. It was Good Friday. So the place was packed with, with worshiping Parisianers in their dark wool. And there's a line leading up to the front of the church, to the sort of sanctuary area. So we get in line, and as we're going up in the line, we find out that the holy relics are on tour in Notre Dame, the sacred relics of Christ. They were, they were um, they're acquired by one of the Louis. I don't remember which one at the end of the Crusades, and they're on tour this week. So... So this is no end of amusement to Mr. Maya, because he's an atheist, right? And so he's cracking all of these really irreverent jokes. And I'm trying to be sort of sophisticated and witty and laughing, and I'm trying to be beautiful and tall and all those things that I think <laughs> Mr. Maya wants. And it's going pretty well. It's, going, it's really going well. Until we get close to the front of the church. And I see that there's a glass case at the front of the church, and there's three priests behind it. And as people walk into this area, they are kneeling and, and crossing. And I'm suddenly terrified. Because I've been raised to be a good southern girl, which means that I don't offend people. I'm nice. I don't make people feel bad. But I've also been saying for six months that I'm an agnostic, and, and I want to impress Mr. Myatt, and I, I, have no, I don't even know the word genuflect now, so I don't know what to do, and I, I, I don't, I, I'm just sort of paralyzed for a minute. But then I decide that maybe if I just walk really quick past it, no one will notice. <laughs> so that's what I do. When it's my turn to enter, I just walk straight up to the glass case, and I look down, and there's these two kind of railroad-looking spikes in there. It's the nails, right? And I look up, and the priest doesn't seem upset at all that I didn't bow, so I kind of feel like, okay, this is good. This is, I've passed the first one, right? And then the people behind me are kind of pushing me on, so I go over to the second case, and I look down, and there's this rumpled white cloth in the second case. 
kind of rust-stained in places. And it, it's the shroud of Christ. Right? And at this point, I'm not really thinking whether this is authentic or not. It, it doesn't really matter. I'm just so happy that I've made it through two or three. And, and before long, this will be done, and Mr. Myatt and I can just wander around the church in eternal bliss or whatever. <laughs> but then I notice when I look to the third priest that the woman ahead of me has bowed again, and she's kissing something. The priest is holding something out, and she's kissing it. And I start to get pretty nervous because um, I don't know what's going on. Um, but I can't stop. I'm being pushed on. So I get pushed over to the third priest, and I just stand there, and he holds out to me at about this height this glass halo. Completely enclosed in glass, there's this brambly stuff inside it. And, and I realize it's, it's a crown of thorns. But I, 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 I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm, I don't want to bow and kiss it. So I just stand there. And he just stands there. And I look up, and he looks kind of puzzled at me. And I can hear all the people praying around me. It feels like sort of 500 years of prayer going on, like it hasn't stopped. And it's kind of this hum. And, and he lifts the crown a little bit higher till it's sort of level with my chin and kind of holds it out. And now I start to get really nervous. I can feel my heart beating, and I feel this kind of rushing oceanic sound around me, and I feel Mr. Myatt coming up. And all of a sudden, all of these expectations of me, Mr. Myatt, the people in the church, the whole way I've been raised, the priest, it's all coming together, and I'm kind of terrified and, and paralyzed, and I don't know what to do. And I, I just shake my head a little. And now the priest is really mad. He actually looks angry, and he takes the crown, and he begins to shake it in my face about this far from my mouth. And Mr. Myatt is right at my back now, and I do something that I never imagined I would do. I start laughing. And it's not like a sophisticated laugh, you know. It's not, it's not pretty. In, 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 it's, it's one of those completely spasmodic, heaving, snorting laughs, and it's really, really, really loud, and I can't stop. And I'm just standing there laughing. I can't see the priest anymore because tears are running down my face. Like, that's how hard I'm laughing. And, but I'm pretty sure that everyone has stopped praying. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure they're all looking at me. And I actually think I would still be in Notre Dame laughing if Mr. Do Mr. Myatt hadn't put his hand in the small of my back and started pushing me <laughs> out of the sanctuary and pushing me over to this little aisle. There's pews on both sides, and he's pushing me faster and faster. I'm still laughing super loud. And he's pushing me down this aisle, and there's this light at the end. And I'm going toward it as fast as I can. And finally, finally... We hit the door, and we go outside into the gray Paris drizzle. <sighs> and I finally quit laughing. And I feel really bad. I feel really bad for laughing in there. And I'm really disappointed at myself for not being the woman of Mr. Myatt's dreams. I don't know what he was feeling. 
we go back to the hotel, we fly back to Hueytown. I finish out the school year. I have one more year. I go off to college. My love for Mr. Myatt remains unrequited. Although we do become friends much later, adult friends. But when I think back to that day in Notre Dame, I realize that it was the first step in a long and, and still continuing journey of learning for me to be comfortable and gracious in what I do and don't believe. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.